things that make you go, hmm. Official Obama is Osama Network. Go. Hmm. Hi, I'm Steph. I'm the G-Man. Episode number 47. 47, 47 on the road to 200. And here we are on December 30th, and, uh, 2021, and we're going to talk about how Alan and I met, where we met, and uh, how we've evolved. So, Alan, you can start telling us. Well, we I went to, um, I have a very close cousin who, now, who has since passed away, who was like a brother to me growing up. And uh, his wife called me and said he was very sick, which I knew. And I had told her, you know, I don't want to see him when he doesn't know who I am. She said, well, you better get here because he's pretty sick. And it was about Thanksgiving Day weekend, or a couple of days before Thanksgiving. And I tried to get a flight out to St. Louis. He was in St. Louis. And I couldn't get a flight out. And if I could, it was like triple the price. It was the last minute. And so... Craig P., whose office this is that we're borrowing, said to me, how about, you ever think about going by train? Now, my mom was from St. Louis, so my grandparents were there, and my older sister was there, and we used to go back every couple of years by train, by bus, by plane, whatever way my father could get us there, he got us there. That's a promise he made to my mom when we left St. Louis when I was about four or five, that he would... Uh, it was all summer out there, or my grandparents would come here. But as they got older, we went there more. They only came here once, I twice maybe, I don't remember. I was young, but we went there a lot. So um, so I said, you know, I hadn't done that in a long time, but I said, you know, it doesn't sound bad. I checked out the price. The price wasn't bad. Little did I know <clears throat> that it was a 19-hour trip. Little did I know that it was a 19-hour trip um, up to the, uh, up state New York, down the Ohio Valley, and then I went to Chicago, and then there was a five-hour trip back to St. Louis, which we pretty much passed on the way, but, but Chicago was where the hub was for the train uh, for Amtrak. So um, I was there about a week, I guess. Um, he knew who I was. He couldn't talk. He couldn't walk. Um, he definitely didn't look good, that's for sure. And he was only a couple of years older than me, about two years older than me, roughly. And um, roughly died about six months later. Um, but he knew I was there. And I spent almost every day with him. And uh, um, on the way home, I was in the Chicago's train station. And there were some people who, who I went with seven days before that happened to be there also. I guess they were going back. They were like Amish. They weren't Amish, but they were some kind of similar thing kind of, I don't know, they had some kind of sect, about six or seven of them. And we were kind of eyeing each other up in the train station. And uh, I was sitting on one side, I had like an hour, I think, to wait for the train, something like that. And uh, I didn't know Steph at the time. He was on the other side of the train station, I believe. Right, I was in the terminal at the same time. Right, mm -hmm. and you can kind of take it from here a little bit, so, and then we'll, get, we'll chime in together. Well, I, <clears throat> I was coming from California, and uh, Couple of days, I decided I wasn't going to fly, so I was there to do a film shoot for a movie that 
it still hasn't happened yet. Things take a while to do. But anyway, I was there for a movie. And uh, just before I had to get on the train, I told the director of the movie and two girls that we knew, I'd like to take you out to dinner to come back to New York before I go back to New York on uh, my midnight train. So I was waiting in this restaurant for the people to it show up. It was a midnight train to Georgia, was it? No, midnight train to, uh, to, to Chicago is what, what it was. So here I am. I'm waiting for them to come to meet me to go, you know, to have dinner at this Mexican restaurant there. As a matter of fact, I was in Mount Shasta, so I'll throw it out there. So as I'm sitting down waiting, there's a guy sitting across from me, and uh, he's playing chess. And somebody comes over to help the guy uh, play chess. And uh, this Native American guy named Jimmy was pissed off that. This guy was coming over to like screw up the game. So he said to the guy, hold on a minute. He gets up, he takes out his backpack, pulls out a taser. He says, you see this? So the guy who interrupted the game says, yeah, I see it. I'm watching this the whole time. He says, this is a taser. If you don't shut up, I'm going to stick it up your ass. He goes, and that'll be the, the Italian, last. The Italian defense. And this, Guido wasn't even there. No, this was a Native American. He was a, he was a, he was a, he was a first American's first people. So now I'm watching this. And the guy was so scared, he left the place immediately. He stopped helping, you know, the coach, the other player there. So I said to the guy, you know, I don't know why I said it. I said, by the way, I said, can I see that taser you showed to me? I said, how much over $75 will you sell it to me for? I said, I'll give you up to 100 He goes, well, you can get it tomorrow in the store. I said, I got to leave tonight, and I'd like to have it. So he sells it to me. I said, just show me how to use it. So he takes off the safety, shows me how to use it. He goes, be careful with it. So I took it up, bought some granola, put it in the bag. And then I went back to sit down there, and uh, some guy comes in, and a guy sits right across from me and says, oh, uh, by the way, I'd like to take you around town to show you some things. I said, I, I, do I know you? He said, no. He goes, I know who you are. I said, really? He goes, yeah, you're the guy who won't shut up. I said, really? I said, shut up about what? He goes, uh, I got a message for you. He goes, I want to take you up on the mountain and read you your last rites. I said, read me my last rites? He goes, yeah. I said, you threatening me? He said, no, I'm promising you. I said, hold on a minute. So I open up the granola bag, I take out the taser, I take off the safety, and I put it up to him like the microphone to your face. I said, this is a taser. How about I stick it in your mouth, and you'll go up to the mountain, and I'll bury your ass here. All of a sudden, Alan, he runs out of the restaurant. So the Indian guy who had sold me the taser said, Steph, what happened to me? Him. I says, I don't know. I think he just took a dump. Be careful going out the door. There's like diarrhea going out the door. So now I get on the train thinking, you know what? You're telling me when I come back to New York, somebody's going to hurt me. You know, I'm going to be on this red eye for two, three days. You know, I better be careful. So I get on the train and uh, after having dinner with the, uh, the director and some of the girls. And uh, I get to Chicago like two, three days later. And I'm tired. I'm in the terminal. And I'm like, you know, I hope this train, this last hour, I'm saying, you know, feel like it was days before we get on the train. And I'm looking and there's this woman who says, can I sit next to you? I said, sure, you can sit next to me. It's an empty seat, what am I going to say? And she's telling me she's going to New York State. I said, well, I'm going to New York State, too. And while this is happening, there's this Chinaman there, and he's got this box. And he's trying to get this box taped, running back and forth in the terminal like a, a man who was possessed. And I'm saying, something wrong with this man. So Correct. now he goes to the counter. And they're doing a tape-up job to the, get this box. The Amtrak lady taped it up because they wouldn't let the, an untaped box go on a train. And everybody was getting tired of watching him run around the train station, saying, I got to get on this train. I can't miss this train. I got to get to New York. Yeah, so, so finally, they get his box taped. So, 
Everybody who's there must have been about 100 people that are waiting in that terminal area yeah. watching this debacle happening. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm half tired. I'm thinking, you know, I hope he doesn't get on my train. Doesn't get on the same car. Same anyway. car. Yeah. I was wrong. So we board the train. I don't know Alan at this point. And the woman says to me, do you mind if I sit next to you because I'm going to New York State too? So I'm thinking, you know, what harm could it be? You know, so we get on the bus, I mean the train. train. The uh, Chinaman gets on the train and we're all there. Alan's on one side, I'm on the other. There's about 10 people together, so, kind of 15 people maybe all hanging out together. So Alan, Alan's got his entourage on the left-hand side. I don't side. know his entourage, but uh, yeah, some people I just met. Yeah, some people he met. And Alan's a very cordial, friendly guy, so he... He's got this whole group of people he's talking to, and I'm sitting on the other side as though I'm in a uh, monogamous relationship, I'll just say. With her. With her. And uh, the Chinaman is walking back and forth. We, we're, we're really not paying, nobody's really paying attention well, to him. We don't know him. what he's doing. Yeah, though, but, but we're really not paying attention to him. He's running up and down the aisles. And, and he hasn't found his seat yet, so right. we're trying to figure out, like, you know. What the fuck are you doing? What's going on? Because everybody now is seated, so we don't know. And he's making a couple of bathroom visits along the way. But we're not sure what's going on with this guy. He's also going to the car where, where there was food. Yeah, so he's going back and forth. like uh, So he made us aware of his presence at that point. Yeah. So we're there, and the uh, the woman that I'm with falls asleep with her head on my shoulder. So now I had a, a blanket on my knees. I covered my knees. And so I covered her a little bit. Thinking, you know, she fell asleep there. Yeah, next thing you know, you're getting transit head. Next thing I know, she gave me a gift that kept on. A transit head. Yeah, transit head. So Alan's looking. Only thirty up, seconds. Yeah, well, it could have been longer. It felt like no, no. She told her, she told me it was thirty seconds. <laughs> you thought you were married for twenty minutes. So what happened was Alan looks over at me in this uh, compromising position, and he could swear it was my wife. And I'm thinking, oh my god, I'm, I'm going to just roll with this because now it's dark, you know, and uh, this is all going on. So thereafter, later on, a couple hours later, the Chinaman decides that he's got to get high. But we didn't know that at the point. Right. We, we didn't know that at that point. Yeah, so Alan will pick it up from here. So about that time, it was about 11 o'clock at night, and we're in Cleveland, Ohio, and the 15 people and I, were all bullshitting, telling jokes and shit, telling each other where we're from, and you know, just being kind of friendly. And so I have to go to the bathroom, and I open the bathroom door, and it reeks of marijuana. And a Chinese guy sitting in the back of the car with the conductor. And I go back and I tell all these people, and they start laughing. What jerk would do that? It's got no place for it to go. And we go to sleep. And the next morning, I don't know, it was about 8 o'clock maybe or something like that. Early in the morning. It was yeah. 8, like maybe 8, 8.30, yeah, something 8 30, like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, the conductor gets on a PA, and he says we're pulling into Buffalo, New York. And the Border Patrol is doing a spot check on IDs. And we all looking at each other like, what the fuck? We don't know. You know, so, like, we don't know what's going on. And we pull into Buffalo. And there's the Border Patrol. There's the Buffalo Police. There's Homeland Security. And Amtrak. And Amtrak Police. And they're all waiting for us. And the conductor says, listen, everybody in this car is going to have to get off. They're going to check a few IDs. And everybody will probably be, like, unless you have a problem, you're going to get left go back on the train so we pull into buffalo and we get out there was about 20 maybe 25 people in the car i don't know something like there weren't that many um and we noticed that nobody else is getting off the train but us 
Our car. Only car. Yeah, that's right. Or the only car. And they check a couple IDs and they let everybody back on, except for the Chinese guy. They take his luggage and his box off and he's talking to them and we, we pull out. And then we get to Albany and there's a 20 minute rest stop there because you can get some decent food. And hopefully if you got to go to the bathroom, there's a decent bathroom because the bathroom on the train wasn't that great and the food on the train wasn't that great. Um, and as we're getting off, the conductor says, you know what happened to that guy? And we were all like, we don't know, you know, what happened? And he said he had a three-pound brick of marijuana in that box that the Amtrak lady taped up. And at this point, that was about four years ago, roughly. Right. Um, it was a federal fence to go from Illinois to Ohio to New York. Right. Interstate drug traffic. Interstate drug, right. Yeah. So he got arrested. And Steph, you can take it for a little bit from here now. Well, yeah, I mean, so... <clears throat> While we're waiting for the, the Amtrak officers and Homeland Security to, like, just profile each one of us. There's a guy in front of me. I felt so bad for him. He was like Indian guy. Middle yeah. Eastern yeah. Indian guy. Well, he was in front of me, and I could swear he took a dump in front of me, man, because he was scared shitless. You're shaking like a leaf. He yeah. was scared shitless, yeah. and I was like, man, how can you know? And this poor guy was, like, petrified. He was petrified because, you know, he fit their narrative. I'll say their, not mine, I mean. I think people are beautiful till proven otherwise, you know. But the guy was like, he was shitless from, from the experience. So we end up coming back on the train. And we come back on the train. And, uh, of course, I'm still married at that point. And then a couple of stops. Seconds. Yeah, a couple of stops later, uh, the woman who was sitting next to me decides that she has to get off. And this is her stop. And you didn't get off with her, so we knew you weren't married to her. That right. So, and Alan looks at me and goes, I guess I you're not married to her I now. That's not your wife, is it? No. <laughs> I said, it was a quick oh, divorce. About, I said, for about 20 minutes. It was a quickie divorce. 30-second <laughs> divorce. So it was kind of funny because Alan saw one of my most embarrassing moments. I didn't see it. Well, he knew of it. And uh, so uh, it was a story that uh, that is our, our, our beginning there. So we meet. We talk on the train after that. Alan explains what he's doing. He gave me his card. I, I showed him some of the things that I can do. Right. And uh, we both had the love for comedy. So while this trip is still on, going between yes. Albany and New York City, when we both got off, we were going back and forth and having fun at this point, just joking and laughing. And then I got to see at that point just how zany and brilliant Alan was and funny, really, really funny. I go, you know... There's something here. Didn't know what it was yet. And you still don't. And I still don't. <laughs> but but this, I knew there was a chemistry there. And, and I, I, I saw that in that short interim of time that Alan, you know, was a good person, a good friend, and someone who uh, I'm going to exchange numbers with. And then we did. Yeah, right. And then... And uh, then uh, you interviewed me twice. Right. And I, I, one of the shows was uh, Sleeping with the Fishes. Right. Another one I loved was uh, You Can't Make This Shit Up. Right. And then the, we did something, Ebony and Ivory with yes, you and another, right. another I was fellow. A, I, was together, I was putting together a comedy act um, with a black gentleman. He was going to be Frank White and I was going to be Willie Black. And it was all about how we look at things differently. And one of the uh, bits that I wrote is that um, I'm Jewish. So uh, he asked me, what do Jewish people do on Christmas Day? And I say, we go to the movies and have Chinese food. And then I say to him, what do you do as a black man? 
And he says, well, you're at the movies eating Chinese food. We're robbing your house. <laughs> so, so we were actually about to get booked in Atlantic City in a lounge by a, a guy, a gentleman I met online. And unfortunately, COVID hit and Black Lives Matter. So we kind of like dropped it. It wasn't the right time. It was, it. It, was a right, it was a good thing because, you know, I always say, and Steph knows this, that all in the family and good times and, uh, uh, you know, all those shows that, you know, even the Red Fox shows. The controversial and, You know, they were controversial, but, but they were right on the edge, but they were funny. Yeah, they you know? weren't meant, meant to harm They weren't, somebody. yeah, right. They were, it, they stereotyped people, and um, nobody got offended by it, really, you know? They didn't even, have to be You know, Red Fox did stuff. And, correct. Right. So we didn't want to, the matter of fact, the, the name of the comedy duo was, I put together, was the Unpolitically Correct Comedy Duo. And we were going to have a disclaimer if we got on stage together saying that if you, if you were bothered you, you better leave now. We'll refund your ticket right now right. because that's what it was going to be about, you know. So, so when that happened and, and uh, Alan wasn't able to get that project to launch and take right. off, uh, he had said to me, he goes, you know, why don't you and I do something together? Yeah. I never thought about, you know, doing a show with you that way. I had produced a couple of shows for you. And I said, well, you know what? I had fun producing those shows with you. Right. I laughed to my heart's content. I go, what's the worst that can happen? You know, I can have fun doing it. I said, well, find your joy. I go, you know, this does make me happy. And uh, so we ended up taking on the project and we put it up on YouTube, for a matter of fact, in the beginning. First, yeah, in the beginning. Then YouTube changed its rules. Right. And when YouTube changed its rules, we got censored uh, of the yin yang. I said, you know, it's not fun anymore. And uh, so we found another platform. and. We were doing it on uh, StreamYard. Correct. And StreamYard, we were getting hacked. Every week Every we were week. getting hacked. And right. it's like, you know, we got to take this show into a studio environment. And luckily, you know, Craig, Craig and, Pete, P, right. and Peter made it available for us to Correct. be here to do the studio. So we've right. been doing shows, and this is show number 47. Right. And so we've kind of evolved from two guys just BSing on a train to where we are today with all the major platforms that we're on. And, and, we, cre and we created segments, Idiots for Idiots, Sports Stupidisms, yeah. Online Dating Nightmares, 15 Minutes of Shame, annoyances, Everyday annoyances. annoyances. Those are all our, our, our own creations. Right. They're and all it, original. Right, and every week we come up with new themes, new ideas, and we're always changing, like our our theme songs is changing all the time. I mean, we are mercurial. We're changing, and Alan can change his thoughts in the New York Minute. And uh, our show's theme song. In my is, case, is New Jersey Minute. Yeah, ain't no stopping ain't us no now. Ain't no stopping us now. So, for those who've challenged us, and you know, here's the thing. We've had our challenges. And which Alan can bring up. What's some of the challenges we've had, Alan? Well, they've hacked your passwords on a lot of sites. They've blocked me from going on Zazzle. Um, you know, they, they've stolen stuff, they've blown up computers, they've blown up chargers on us. I mean, we're sitting um, here one time when they actually blew the computer up in front of us. A brand new computer. B brand new HP laptop. Right. That they, they, they when you plugged it in, it, it, it blew it up. And before that, we didn't have a battery in it. You put a battery in it and plugged yeah. it in and all of a sudden it blew up. Yeah. I mean, I've lost... Uh, Too much power. In the last year, in the last 47 shows, I've lost right. uh, 10 batteries, 10 chargers, and at least four computers. Right. So a friend of mine asked me, said to me, well, why do you keep doing it? I says, why? 
I says, because I like what I'm doing. I enjoy what I'm doing. And this is minor. You know, yeah, it's money that I've wasted, you know, over $1,000, let's say, that I just mentioned. But you know what? What doesn't kill me makes me stronger. So for those of you who didn't get the memo, ain't no, no stopping, stopping us now. Alan and Steph now. So the way we met, it's synchronicity. This is... Good thing you what, said that, not me. Yeah, this is the universe putting us together and... We wanted to share that with you today. So every week I've been going to Chinatown uh, since I came back from California to get a uh, massage or rub down some therapy. And I swore, and I told Alice last year, I said, I think our Chinaman's out in Chinatown now. Said, what do you mean? I said, it was three years later. I looked and I could swear that's the man. I mean, not every Chinaman looks and he's got alive. A, and he's got a box in his office. Right, and it's, it's half taped up. Right. And I went to the it's bathroom. got Amtrak tape around it. And I went to the bathroom, and I got a contact high from the marijuana. Right. So here I am in Chinatown with nothing to do, so I went out and get a cappuccino and, uh, massage and an espresso. And, uh, massage and a contact high. <laughs> so, and, a, and a bag of Cheetos. So the guy introduced himself as Jackie Hands. Oh, Jackie you know? Hands right. I said, where are you from? He said, Chicago. I said, right. enough said. So that's kind of our, our, our joke as to how we met and, and where it's evolved to. But this is show 47, and this is going to continue. We're going to do 200 episodes, God willing. 153 to go. And, uh, and but we'll be, we, back. we'll be back. We'll be back with our final thoughts. So if you like what you're hearing, keep it locked here.